Lord, we come before you seeking your guidance, seeking your will. Be to us as you say that you are the way, the truth, and the life. We come with humility. We come with joy. Uh, we come with expectation. And we ask that you'd lead us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I think our, our gospel passage today revolves around um, one thing mainly, and that is the fear of the unknown, the anxiety that comes with uncertainty. And I think uh, that we can all relate to that. As I was thinking about it this week, I, I was thinking back to the start of the pandemic over a year ago now and thinking about how stressful it was not to know what the future was going to be like not to know how long this pandemic was going to last, not to know how long the lockdown was going to be in place for, not to know how long it would take for a vaccine to be discovered. All that uncertainty created all sorts of stress and anxiety in us, and still does. And so we can relate, I think, to the disciples whom Jesus says their hearts are troubled in this passage because they don't know what the future holds. They're scared. What's just happened uh, in our passage today, if you look back at chapter 13, is that Jesus had just said two very significant things to the disciples. One, he had told them that one of them would betray him. So chapter 13, verse 21, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. So that's a scary thing to hear. And then speaking about that same thing, he even goes on uh, later, right before our passage today, at the end of chapter 13, and he said to or Peter said to Jesus, I'll lay down my life for you. I'll never betray you. I'll never leave you. And Jesus said to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So even Peter, one of the most prominent disciples, will betray Jesus. He's going to leave Jesus and abandon him. So you can imagine how shaken they all would have been in this upper room as they're hearing these words. And then second, on top of that, Jesus has also just told them that he's going to leave them. Yet a little while, Jesus said. This is verse 33 of John 13. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I will I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. And three verses later, in verse 36, Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. So that's the context of this passage. There's these two things that are troubling the disciples' hearts. They're worried that they are going to leave Jesus, and they're worried that Jesus is going to leave them. And it's that fear of the unknown, that, that uncertainty of what the future holds that's troubling their hearts in this passage. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know where Jesus is going. They don't know what they're going to do and how they're going to react. They don't know what the future looks like. It's important to remember that they've, they've given up three years of their lives, and they've followed Jesus for three years. And now all of a sudden, he says, he's going away, he's going to leave them. Where he goes, they cannot come, and one of them, maybe all, are going to leave him. So they're scared, and understandably so. And so what the disciples do uh, in this time of fear and anxiety is what we all do, I think, in times of fear and anxiety. We look for things to hold on to when we're scared. We look for specific things that we can cling to or grasp onto, grasp a hold of, so that we won't feel like we're going to be swept away by the unknown. 
Thomas, speaking, I believe, for those who are worried about Jesus leaving, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus had just said, I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way that I'm going. Thomas, thinking about Jesus leaving, as he said, I'm going away, I'm going to a place you cannot come yet. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, how can we possibly know the way? It's that fear of the unknown, the fear of Jesus leaving them, that Thomas is expressing in this passage. He's essentially saying, just give us a map. Tell us where you're going. If you're going away, at least tell us where it is that that you're going so we can come and find you when need be. Leave us some kind of map. Give us something that we can hold on to so that we can find you if we feel we need to. You can hear the fear and the panic in Thomas's words. Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we possibly know the way? Give us something. Give us something that we can grab onto and latch onto and hold onto. Something that we can lay our hands on. We need something tangible. Give us some kind of map. And Philip is similar, but I think Philip is expressing the fear of the disciples leaving Jesus. And he's worried that he might be one of those disciples who leaves Jesus. And so he says, show us the Father and it's enough for us. Just show us, God. Give us some glimpse of the Father and we won't turn away. I won't turn away from you. Just give me that one thing that I can hold on to. Just show us the Father and that will be the thing that I cling to. That will be the thing that I hold on to and that tethers me and tethers us to you, Jesus. Just show us the Father and we won't leave. You can see that it's the same instinct, both in Thomas and Philip. They're both looking for something that they can hold on to in the face of uncertainty. They're both looking for something that they can grasp onto when they're, when they're faced with the fear of the unknown. And I just want to say, I think that's a perfectly natural response. When we feel scared about the future, when we feel uncertain about what lies ahead, don't we all look for something to hold on to? Don't we all look for something to cling to, something that we can anchor ourselves to in these moments of uncertainty? I know that I do, at the very least. We get a painful diagnosis. And what do we immediately do? We want to learn everything we possibly can about it. We lose a job. We immediately start um, redoing our CV. I think it's perfectly natural to look for something to hold on to, something that we can do in these times of uncertainty so we don't feel like we're going to get swept away in the unknown. And I think that Jesus understands that desire as well, that desire to try and grab on to something and and hold on to something, because if you think back to, to John 13, verse 21, when Jesus himself was thinking about Judas's betrayal, which was coming up, it even says this, that Jesus was troubled in his spirit. That's the same word that's used to describe the disciples in chapter 14. So Jesus understands our fear and our anxiety. Jesus himself was troubled in spirit, the same way that we can be troubled in heart. But what Jesus knows is that we don't ultimately need a map. We don't need a quick momentary glimpse of the Father to get us through. We need Jesus himself. 
He is the only one that we can cling to in our fear and our anxiety about the future. He is the only one that we can hold on to in the face of uncertainty. He's the only one that we can tether ourselves to when we're truly fearful of the unknown. Jesus himself is the anchor to our souls. You don't need a map. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You don't need a momentary glimpse of the Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father, Jesus says. The only thing that you need to cling to is me. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me, he says in verse 1. Believe in me. Trust in me. Cling to me. Hold fast to me. In his commentary on this passage, Martin Luther had this beautiful line where he said, Christ's object is to tie and bind disciples completely to himself. With these words, Christ wants to tear and turn our hearts from all trust in anything else and pin them to himself alone. It's natural, I think, to look for things to hold on to when we're feeling fear and anxiety. I don't sense any condemnation in Jesus' words in this passage. But Jesus is crystal clear. Anything other than him that we seek to tether ourselves to in order to give us that ultimate sense of security and safety and stability that we're looking for, it will fall short. And I was just sort of thinking back over the past year, and I think we can all attest to this reality. Because I think back over the past year, and I think of all the moving targets that we've been setting our hopes on. First, our hope was in the, for, for them to discover a vaccine. I remember like day two of the lockdown, uh, going to Ruth and Eric's and staying outside and waiting for them to, to bring me the coffee order, that, the fair trade coffee order that we had done. We're just all sort of reeling from the news of the lockdown and, and sort of coming to terms with the situation that we were finding ourselves in. And immediately we're talking about hope for a vaccine. Rightfully so. Once the vaccine was found, it was hope for a quick rollout. Now that the rollout is picking up speed, it's hope for herd immunity. We just can't wait to reach that point so we can sort of get back to normal. All these things are good things. Please, do not get me wrong about that. These are all good things to look forward to and to have hope in. But the very fact that these goals have changed so much, that they've been the moving targets that they are, reminds us that the only true anchor for our souls, that one solid, firm foundation, is Jesus Christ himself. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe in me. Trust in me. Cling to me. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is that only sure and secure thing that we can cling to in those moments of fear and anxiety. He's the ultimate source of stability when we're feeling fearful about the future and understandably anxious Jesus says, it's me, cling to me. 
Come to me, hold fast to me. Let me be the anchor for your soul. But then I do also love the very fact that our reading doesn't end today in verse 11, but goes on to verse 12. And verse 12 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, Jesus said, because I'm going to the Father. And this reminds us of two important things. One, that as we cling to Jesus in moments of uncertainty and fear, we don't simply put our heads in the sand. We don't simply wait around and do nothing. We're not paralyzed by fear. We might experience fear. It's a natural response, the unknown, but it doesn't paralyze us. Instead, we move forward by doing what Jesus calls us to do, which is to do the works that God has given us to do. In this case, he's very clear. If we think about the context of, of John 14, Jesus had just gotten off his hands and his knees. He had just stood up from washing his disciples' feet, and he said, I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. And he said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We are called to do the good works that God has called us to do, which is to love and serve one another in the way of Jesus. When he talks about all people, that's why Jesus can say, greater works than these will you do. Our, our works are not qualitatively better than Jesus's. We'll never do greater works than he, will, that he has done. We'll never go to the cross for the salvation of the world. We are not the Messiah. But our works are quantitatively greater than his because that's the way that he ordained it. Just by sheer number, by volume, he empowers his people with God the Holy Spirit he gives us a mission and a calling that Jesus has ordained us for to go forth and love the world in the way of Jesus. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. Greater works than these will they do because I am going to the Father and will empower them with the Holy Spirit to go forward and express my love to the world. So we don't just sit around in, in fear and anxiety. We're not paralyzed by the uncertainty that we experience at certain times. We move forward, doing the works that God has called us to do, empowered by God the Holy Spirit, to love and serve those around us. I think we're in a time of, of a certain level of uncertainty right now, but that uncertainty doesn't paralyze us. In whatever ways that we can, small or large, to whomever is around us, we're called to love them in the way of Jesus. And the second thing that this verse reminds us of is that we do so in the confidence of Jesus because, as verse 12 ends, he's going to the Father because I am going to the Father. He will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. So even though we don't know all the details about what the future holds, even though we're human and we do experience fear and anxiety in the face of uncertainty, we still stand in the confidence of Jesus and we do the works that he has called us to do because we know that he has gone to the Father, that he is currently, right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, superintending history and moving it towards his desired ends. That's what the ascension is all about. We just celebrated the ascension on Thursday. It's all about Jesus going to the Father, 
Therefore, we have this confidence, this, this knowledge that ultimately, we don't know all the details of how everything will work out, but ultimately it will work out. Jesus is in the process of making all things new. He's directing history towards his ends. He is sovereign and in control. That's the foundation upon which we stand. And so this passage reminds us that it's perfectly normal. It's perfectly understandable. I think it's perfectly natural to experience fear and anxiety in the face of uncertainty. That as we do so, the invitation is very clear. Jesus says, come to me, hold fast to me, cling to me. Don't hold, hold fast to anything else. We can have other hopes, those are good, but as the ultimate source of our hope and our security, hold fast to me, Jesus says. And as you do, go forward in whatever large or small ways in the simple calling to love and serve one another in the way of Jesus. And do so in the confidence that you have And in the power of the ascension, knowing that God is seated at the right hand of the Father, he's empowered us by the Holy Spirit. And he is directing history towards his desired ends. So what does this look like in your own life, I think is the ultimate question for today. Where does any fear or anxiety lie in your life? It's important to be able to name those things first. And then also to be able to name, are there any other things that maybe I'm looking to cling to other than Jesus to satisfy that feeling of uncertainty and insecurity? What other things might you be tempted to put your ultimate trust in? And how might Jesus be calling you today to cling to him, to trust in him, to hold fast to him? To allow him to be that ultimate source of your security and your stability. And then how might you walk in the confidence of the ascension? Trusting that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. That he truly is moving all things in the direction that he desires. And what are the small and simple ways that he's calling you to love one another in the way of Jesus? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.